Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Mike, good to see you. Straight off the bat, I've got to apologize. I owe you, we owe you an apology on behalf of the NC Show. I am so sorry there wasn't any hot water for your pre-show shower. (laughs) I know know you love to have. I knew I shouldn't have rented this house from Dan Snyder. It was was a real real mistake. I, my guess is they didn't, you know, you remember that survey the Players Association did last season? Mm. And the, the... um commies came out at the bottom at the bottom of the survey on, in terms of like what they provide for the players what the facilities are like and all imagine that. my surprise <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i guess nobody bothered to pay the water bill or maybe the yeah. maybe the heating maybe the heating bill who knows one or i reckon started was getting them and just like just shredding them <laughs> just saying ah let him, let him sort it out <laughs> to be honest i'm not as affected uh by the fact that the nc show doesn't have hot water for the show because <laughs> when, when i've got a show with you i normally have an ice bath just to get myself just to get myself set <laughs> And then, then five hours in a flotation tank afterwards. Mike, um, yeah, I do the flotation you. tank at night. <laughs> sure. Is the no hot water at FedEx? Of course, if you if you missed this story somehow, been under a rock the last twenty four hours. Uh, the Washington and New York Giants players uh, couldn't have a shower, couldn't have, uh, uh, didn't have any facilities after the game for hot water. So uh, that's one of the big scandals of the NFL this week, but not as big as Carissa Gate. Iron Mike. If we're working, it was great. That I had a I had a column my column last Friday started mm. with the Thursday night game, mm. and Carissa was on the sidelines for it. Then went to the Carissa scandal, and then went to the nineteen sixty eight Yale Harvard game. The, yes, that's right. Uh, there's, there's a great documentary about it called Harvard Beats Yale twenty nine twenty nine, which was the headline in the Harvard Crimson after the game. Mm. And it's it's a remarkable documentary. I even got um, one of one of the one of the comments I got on it on my Patreon site was you know thanks I went and watched the doc and it, it's great, but you know so one of the things that stood out for me 
um, in the documentary was old days of football. You know, Yale basically didn't win the game because they fumbled the ball four times and all the fumbles probably would have been called down by contact nowadays. <laughs> but there was none of that. There was none of that ridiculousness. And, none of that nonsense. And there, were no, there were no sidelines reporters. Well, obviously, in this telecast, it was a one guy just doing it because it was only being shown on one channel in Boston. Which would be the whole um, thing. So he was like hosting, play by play. He was doing everything. Yeah, just doing the whole the whole the oh, whole thing. And um, the good old days. But but the basic point is that the sidelines reporter is more or less useless. It's a thankless job. We've talked about this a couple mm-hmm. of times. There there have been some really good reporters um journalists kind of reporters who've been relegated to sideline role i'm, I'm mm-hmm. thinking of um like armin katayan uh who's done you know, a lot of great yeah. work um, you know check susie colbert colby susie colbert was the next name i was going to say you know they all really good sports journalists who worked in other forms as well but it's inescapable and i hate to sound sexist about it but it's inescapable that the function of the job right now is mostly to put attractive women on the sidelines um to do it and and i'm not i don't don't think i'm being sexist because you don't see any or many unattractive women in there you know it's kind of like the it's kind of like when you watch local news in the states and the men can be old and you know kind of ugly (laughs) in fairness but the women the women rarely are Mm. you know and and because of you know because the because people go into the blue tent um that old job of just kind of vulturing on the sidelines mm. looking in to see what the trainer was doing to see mm. how somebody was injured some of that is gone and to make up for for the lack of information they they do these uh, halftime interviews which is what carissa was making up the answers to and you know you have a certain amount of sympathy for her because the coaches don't say anything to it's, you you're right it's most of the time totally pointless but, but here's the thing if if you're a reporter what you say is the coach wouldn't tell me Right. Or if the coach, she said, one coach said to her, oh, your perfume is nice today. <laughs> I say, okay, that, yeah. you, you just say that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's to me the, the, the big thing, but you know, you, you can't go, you can't really be making up stuff. Uh, that was a, it was a good example that, that she gave there because there is no doubt that there is that, um, that she and, and, and others in her position have faced that misogyny. I mean, that's outright um, patronizing, misogyny right there and then in terms of your perfume smells nice the thing that you're right the 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 device the the whole construct of it we've taken the piss out for years because they are just so ridiculous they're so short as well in the in the in the modern era and the telecast that you get now it is it is stating the obvious you know a team is 28 zip down i asked the coach what do you, what adjustments he needs to make in the second half? He says, "Well, we got to try and protect the ball better. We got to try and get some points on the board, and we got to try and claw back some of this deficit." Okay, back to you, Jeff. <laughs> Literally, that's what it does every time. It's just meaningless. But it was. Uh, well, I don't want to dwell too much on this, but the, it was how blasé she was about it. I guess it wasn't. You know, if it, it, I'd imagine if in a situation like this, a reporter for a national network gets rumbled that they've been fudging the truth and or out and out you know making stuff up you would you know mia culpa look i you know it compromises everything about my journalism oh, integrity, yeah but you know i i i was in a bit of a jam and the pressure in this day and age to get a story and and to create something that is going to be um that's going to get traction in this 
era that we're in with so much information and noise everywhere and I overstepped the mark and I overstepped the boundary. I'm sorry and I'll never do it again. Rather than, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. Made it up. And the thing is, I mean, I remember Mia Culpa. She used to be um, a sidelines reporter. She was a good sideline reporter, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but the thing is, she rumbled herself. And this wasn't the first time she'd done it. She'd actually done it a couple of yeah, that's right. Of, um, with Aaron Andrews. Years right? ago. Yeah, yeah, sure. With Aaron Andrews, yeah. And Aaron Andrews kind of laughed and said, yeah, we all do the same the same thing. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, it's it seemed so unimportant that she was willing to, you know, to to basically uh, rumble herself. Yeah. Uh, you know, on, on the show. And what what can you do? You know, even the post-game interviews. I watched one and, you know, the, the interviewer gets in a bunch of facts and and mm. and then says and basically answers the question which is mm. the, you know and, and then after that the next question is always how did it feel you know mm. and it's disguised in many ways but it boils down to how did it feel and you know i just think to in a sense the whole thing is just it's just a dog and pony show mm. you know yeah that's exactly exactly what it is you sometimes strike gold i mean i've been i've been, i've had that gig a bit i don't enjoy it I'm much much more anchoring when you do that gig it is it is it is difficult because you know you're hitting barriers and in order and i think this is part of the problem i think people in that role and we've seen it in many sports not just the nfl because they know they're going to be met with this media trained wall of uh anodyne <laughs> response yeah they yeah. then they then try and provoke and prompt you see impresses as well you know this because same thing they, they're going to be hit um you know with this neutrality so they they look for the titillation or they look for something that's going to sensationalize and and it's just everything just goes down goes yeah. down the road i've been way. i've noticed um the, well there's two things one is if they're going to do them they might they might as well do them live which was which would put some pressure on both the yeah, reporter yeah, yeah. and the coach to at least be sensible you know to 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 fill each other's need as it were the second one is some of the better report sideline reporters what they do is they gather information during the week mm. um and i'm sure some of it comes from when they meet with the you know they, they're with the announcers meeting with the players and coaches one mm. one by one and then that you know when an opportunity comes up they'll throw this sidebar in from the sidelines now there's no reason for them to be on the sidelines if what they're doing is throwing in these sidebars but at least it it makes you know it mean you can see they've made an effort to try to you know to try to add to your understanding of the game one way or the other or at least mm -hmm. you know at, at least make it better so i give a lot of credit to some of to some of those people but yeah. it's just the blaseness of saying oh yeah i make it up you sure know, it just it offends <laughs> yeah. anyone anyone who's worked in the business yeah, I think yeah. Should be that's the generation we're in now i get used to it um all right let's get down to business <laughs> and mike incidentally i just want to give a shout out to everybody uh, who follows the show, either listens to it uh, like you are right now or follows us on social media, maybe do both, who subscribe to our YouTube channel, our brand new YouTube channel, where you can see Iron Mike in Living Technicolor, all your show faves, <laughs> clips from the show, uh, lots of bonus content as well, uh, all the good video over on YouTube. So the link is in the show notes. It's the NC show. If you just head on over to YouTube now, subscribe to it. Uh, really appreciate all of you have done that. Keep uh keep spreading the word. We massively appreciate that. I uh, Mike. Let's. I thought uh, you. I thought you were deliberately putting me in black and white just to emphasize oh, my, my, old, my old fashionedness. We'll do it like Rumblefish, where everything's in black and white, apart from my hoodie, <laughs> which which uh, actually ironically is in black right now. So that's not going to work, is it? Uh, the silver would show. I'm sure. Right. Let's talk about uh let's talk about business. The AFC playoff race is where I want to go first. So. Of course, in the last week, we've had Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson going down. The North is therefore not as strong as we thought it was going to be. 
the Steelers' offense, as we saw yesterday, is a bit of a mess, Jalen Warren notwithstanding. So, <laughs> one run. <laughs> yeah. It was I'll like half, it was a good run. That touchdown run. run was half the half the offense for the but game. What a run it was, right? I uh, so I'm I'm intrigued looking at that wild card race. Is the door well and truly open now for the Texans and the Broncos? Uh, they entered that race with Texas, I guess. I've been in it for a while. Yeah, if you were going to say who are the two like outsiders we haven't hadn't been talking about before last week, maybe I think you're absolutely right there. Um, the, the Broncos weren't hugely convincing at home against Minnesota, you know, um, in terms of being a playoff team. But we all agree that, that the seventh playoff spot does not necessarily mean you're going great places once the playoffs begin. You know, the game was basically um, force a turnover, kick a kick a field goal for the Broncos until Russell Wilson did his, you know, the, he looked like the Russell Wilson of old. Remember last week we mm-hmm. said that we were seeing little signs, you know, there were these little like flashes of memory of, of the old Russell Wilson of old, that last mm-hmm. drive in the, t- in the past to Cortland Sutton at the end, you know, really was um, vintage Russ, Russell Wilson, but we didn't see that much of it um, through the game. And, you know, watching Will Lutz kick five field goals is, mm-hmm. you know, he could be playing for Pittsburgh. That's, um, that's my idea of primetime football. That's for sure. You know, the Wilson to Sutton in the red zone uh, combo, that tag team, no geo has connected more this season in the red zone than Wilson to court and Sutton. So they've got, that's really, uh, that's, that's interesting. That's really, interesting. yeah, it, it, I, I was surprised at that. And uh, you'll love this. Joe Lombardi, the, Broncos offensive coordinator, when he was asked about it or asked about the connection afterwards, said it's a bit like jazz. <laughs> I wonder is Russell Wilson, Kenny G. <laughs> and here's a better one for you, Mike. Who's Theolonius Monk, Ben? <laughs> In the NFL, right? NFL right now. Yeah. That's kind of like Theolonius Monk is kind of Murray to Rondale Moore. <laughs> yeah. Monk, that's a, that's an interesting one. You know? right, I'll let so you well, ponder that one. But more Thelonious, Thelonious, yeah. my old friend. Thelonious Monk, what a great. Um, the but it's interesting you say that because we've been talking about the Browns for a good while now, really strong D if they get average quarterbacking from Watson and obviously now DRT, we'll get up to him in a minute, then they're going to be a playoff team almost certainly. And maybe a dangerous proposition in the playoffs. This Broncos defense is a story here, isn't it? Because it started the season appallingly in the last five games. It's been, they've been very, yeah. yeah. They've, and four of the, four of them are wins and, and, and they've been very good. Uh, and, you know, I, I think Vance Joseph has to get, some credit for that, you know, coming back to a place where he was the head coach and now yeah. is defensive coordinator. And, and that, that seems to be, to be working really well. And, you know, Minnesota, again, that they'll be getting, I suppose, um, they'll be getting Justin Jefferson back in a couple of weeks, I think. So that they, they become a more difficult story there. But the thing with Josh Dobbs is, you know, for all of the hype that we've given him and deservedly so, you know, cause he's done amazing, amazing things. He was never really a starter because there are, you know, holes in the game, shall we say? Um, you, what, you are play as, what are his weaknesses? Well, when you play as wide open as he does, you, you're going to commit some mistakes. You know, uh, the the running and and his his pass. He's not a classic drop back passer, obviously, but you know, he, he's good enough. But he doesn't have um, a gigantic arm accuracy package, um, and that's what that was the game. You know, I mean, he, he had two of the. You know, he had an interception and a fumble, and, but turnovers led to you know virtually all of Denver's points and mostly on field goals. So you know, it, it was a game that probably at home they win. 
uh, you know, but in Denver uh, on the road, they just they sort of ran out ran out of gas at the end, like many like many teams do. So um, yeah, Minnesota's now what have they dropped down to six and four? Is it? Yeah. Um, so let's get the playoff picture up. Is uh, and you know they're still. I think they're still very much in the NFC running. Um, yeah. So six and five now with a loss. So six yeah, and five with the loss. Yeah. The Lions with a win are probably locked the North with that win. You'd think. Yeah, I, I, I would. Like I would think so. To catch and, you know, and and then it's looking more and more likely that Buffalo will be very hard pressed to to claim a wild card spot. I mean, I'm giving Miami the division because yeah. we talked about the end the end of their season. Um, being you know four out of five games at home, but you know the next four games are are the Jets, the Commies, the Titans, and the Jets again. Mm. So you, you're you're not you're not they're not going to be dogs in any of those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you looking actually at the um, at the playoff race? So and I hadn't realized actually the Finns are the highest scorers. I mean, probably because they put two hundred and sixty four points up on on the Broncos, <laughs> but uh, they're the highest scorers in the whole NFL right now. Just, not just the. Uh, not just the AFC, but yeah, they have locked the East, you would think. Uh, of course, they're part of the Black Friday, the new... Uh, it's, it's the first Black Friday game, isn't it? There hasn't been a Friday game before, am I? That's right. Yeah, That's right. right. Because, okay. because of high, mostly because of high school. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That Black Friday game is uh, is Finn's Raiders this week. Uh, but yeah, the, if you give the West to the Chiefs, you would think as well they're in action tonight, of course, Monday Night Football against the Eagles. The Ravens uh, have a game lead over the Browns. Well, let's go to Cleveland then. Let's yeah. Let's look at that performance. You know who they signed. You know who they signed. Joe Flacco. <laughs> I'm amazed. I'm amazed you led with Charista <laughs> and not with Joe Flacco. Every I mean, I ounce really of shot. my fiber was trying, <laughs> was holding it back. Joe Flacco for all your old school Carnage fans out there. He's back in the NFL. Well, technically, he's on the practice squad. I see at the moment, but they're gonna yeah. they're gonna sign him up. So. But he's the master of the best play, the most successful offensive play in, in the NFL nowadays. The underthrown 40-yard pass for defensive pass interference. Listening to last week's show, Mike, that's what they were doing in Cleveland. <laughs> well, let's ask let's ask about uh, ask you about DRT. Um, rookie and an older rookie. I'm always fascinated by quarterbacks who come in, uh, well, like Darnold and Zach Wilson. There's a connection there, I think. He came in very yeah. green, 21 years old. DRT's 25. You know, so he's coming yeah. in with a little bit, little bit, uh, a few miles on the clock. What do you make of his first full start for Cleveland? I thought they controlled his game pretty well. Um, and, you know, we've talked a lot in the past about the first thing you want from your backup quarterback is not to lose a game. Um, you don't necessarily expect he's going to win a game, especially when he gets a start. You know, it's a different thing when you come in in the middle. Um, right. But when you get the start, the first thing you're trying to do is to keep him away from turnovers that are going to lose you the game. And that was, to me, the key thing. And then I thought on the final drive, it was it was a lesson in play calling. And I think to an extent, a little criticism of Pittsburgh's defense, because basically they ran three slants, or if you want to be kind of technical, two slants and a sort of half curl comeback slant. <laughs> um, but basically they were easy throws for him. And they were one read throws. That's where he was going each time. And that got them in into field goal range. And he he threw the ball fine. You know, mm-hmm. the, the ball was right on target and stuff. But but they didn't they didn't make him kind of have to win the game with a big play. They they you know said, okay, don't worry, we can get down there. We'll get down there into field goal range. There's lots of time and and we're gonna get you the, you know, we're gonna get you the yards that you need. Um and so and it and it worked fine. So I was very impressed with that. And I think it justifies their 
decision to you know to kind of play him to go with him uh, which, which is the future or you know at least the, <laughs> but there's, there's the backup couple, future you know given well, Sean Watson's contract well yeah I saw a couple of things on that this season first and then we'll then we'll parlay ahead yeah. if we've been saying which we have you and I anyway for a number of weeks this defense is great if Watson can get up to you know kind of 16th to 20th in terms of quarterback rankings in the league then they that they're going to be in the playoffs and they could be dangerous. Can they do that with this guy? Can they get to the similar level? Defense is going to continue to, to ball, but can they get keep the offense progressing enough to be at least dangerous in the playoffs? Yeah, I, I'm wondering. They they had some bad ta- – well, not a lot, but, you know, Newsom had a horrible miss on, on Jalen Warren um, on that long touchdown run, although mm. it, it wasn't the worst miss of the day. Um, but – I'm 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 wondering if their defense right now is at the state for a team to be able to do that. You need a really fine defense that's holding people under, say, 17 a game, under under 15 a game, and and you know I'm thinking of the Ravens with with um, Trent Dilfer at quarterback, the, sure. and and the Bucks with Brad Johnson at quarterback, and I don't know if if DTR is ready to be at that level. Um, and Brad was a good quarter. I mean, Brad was better than Trent Dilfer, say, um, because he was a natural turnover avoider um, for, mo- for most of his career. But, you know, it, it all depends on that defense. Mm. Uh, and, and you know, they'll, they'll be, I think, they have Baltimore this week, right? Um, and I, I think um, they'll be a problem for teams that want to run the ball you know, hmm. play play conservatives. I, I think that that's going to be a great matchup. Uh, they got you know, uh, this week. They've got the Broncos. Actually, it's Broncos. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, got, they haven't got the Ravens for a little while. Uh, I think they may end with the Ravens. Yeah, so they got their yeah, running is yeah. Broncos, Rams. Decent running actually. So Broncos, Rams, Jags, Bears, Texans, Jets, and then the Bengals. They end with. Oh, they end with the Bengals. Yeah. Well, that's a good run in. I mean, yeah, that's... that is a decent run. Yeah. <laughs> that's now a, I look at that, I think maybe, yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah. They, that is um, a Baltimore's got a very hard run in. Um, mm. And that's, that's going to be, that's going to be the other, the other problem. They can win, they can win the majority of those games, even with, I think, DTR. If you see DTR, if DTR holds firm, right? So say, let's say he plays similarly with mm-hmm. logical progression through the rest of the season that you'd expect from a young quarterback in the NFL. Does it pose any kind of problems for the Browns in terms of where they go? No, I I don't think so. I mean, it depends on how much that progression is obviously, but if I just was, was looking down at my notes from the game and and I actually did mark down the, um, the hard part is my notes are so small and complicated. I can never find the teams, (laughs) Um, but he was 24 for 43 for, um, for 165 yards. Yeah, yeah. But so that's only four yards per attempt, mm. you know, and you need to be at the seven or eight level, really, even if you're, you know, and or at the even at the high sixes, if you've got a really good defense. Mm. So that's what they're going to, as I said, they were, they were sculpting the game for him. And um, in the, in the end, he stepped up. Um, the question is whether they can expand on that because they do have offensive targets in the past game you know they, yeah, sure. they would be they're so much better if they can get away from having to be a run first kind of team because obviously no nick chubb that that, that affects you quite a bit mm. in terms of what well, actually just humor me a minute 
if Joe Flacco comes in and I've been doing that left for left how many for sixteen years? Seven, Seventeen years. We were joking before we started recording, Jag, about uh, we were joking about rem- reminiscing on a show back in the Channel Four days, which uh, for those of you who used to watch the show back in the day, we'd always come back in vision when there was a break in the game. And Mike and I have a good couple of minutes to chat and go wherever we wanted to go. There was one time I asked um, one of the briefer questions I've asked Mike in my time. And Mike proceeded, despite the fact I'd kept it brief, proceeded to answer the question, that 90 second answer, then say, but the question you really wanted to ask was this. And then asked myself the question and then answered it. And then I had to just throw it back to Alan Grid. Man, I carried you. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a thing of beauty but the question you really wanted to ask was, was this oh, really? see that that's what that's what a coach should say to Teresa on the side that's, what, that's, what, that's exactly what should happen so let's say that dtr rather than stays at a similar kind of level the bit of progression lights it up let's say he goes with cj stroud on us and is brilliant for the final phase of the season into the playoffs and he's the darling of the cleveland fans at what point do they have a quarterback controversy given the money they've paid Watson and how bad he's been? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's seriously like he, if he becomes this breakout player, they, they still can't move away from the deal, can they? No, they can't. There's there's no way out. Uh, I mean, unless someone were to pick it up and no one's going to be dumb enough to do that. He's, he's going to count 60, 60 million on the salary cap, you know, almost regardless of what happens. Um, how much do you means- think the deal it, it has impacted what we've seen from him in terms of his play? Do you think it, it, even subconsciously when you get that locked in? It- that's what every I think that's kind of what everybody's thinking um, inside, you know, that, that with the money in the bank, mm. he's not as motivated to, quote unquote, play through pain, which is unfair. You know, if you're suffering certain injuries, you know, there's. There's only doesn't matter how much you know pain you can you can do, but he was starting to show signs of being the old Deshaun, you know, at, yeah. at that at that point, and so maybe he comes back healthy. But obviously, this this was a uh, it wasn't necessarily the worst trade, but it's certainly the worst trade and contract mm. that I think any of us can recall, you know, because it's it's it locks you into something that I don't think was a lock. At the time, you know, especially given he was going to miss the you know your first nine games or whatever. Um, so, you know, they're they're stuck with that. I think they have to. I don't think Robinson can play well enough this season to to like cement himself as the front runner in a quarterback competition because it mm-hmm. will be a competition because there's nothing they can do with Watson, and I don't think they can eat the salary cap you know, problem. Uh, Although having, you know, Robinson on the second year of his rookie contract will help with that if they were, Mm. if they were to play him, but um, it would take a brave GM to just cut him and and then eat eat that money. My God, that would be the gutsiest of all moves. Um, Speaking of which, did you see the bit in the, in the Browns game when one of the Steelers helmets came off and Garrett picked it up and was offering to have it back. And there were a few moments, there were a few moments like that. Um, mm-hmm. there, there was that, what was it? What's his name? Did that great fake fall when, when he was pushed over by, by the guy he had, he had, he had knocked. Um, was, was it? Um, oh, I didn't see the fake fall. I saw Wilson. Did you see Zach Wilson's blessing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy can't catch a break. Oh boy. 
it was um, was it Dion Dion Dawkins? I think I think mm. it was Dion Dawkins. Um, I'll have to look that up. But, um, but he hit someone hard, and the guy took offense, and they pushed back, and he hit him, and then the guy chased him and kind of pushed him hard, and he and he went down and he fell like he was dead. <laughs> And he, the penalty flag still came on him. Then he got up and he kind of went to the crowd. You know, I'm okay. I'm okay. Genius. It was, it was WWE. I love it. Uh, let's talk CJ Stroud a little bit because he is uh, all the rage, of course. Uh, the Texans surviving a scare, but they, as we talked about earlier, moved to six and four. Lot of buzz this Monday morning on the validity of CJ Stroud if he carries on at this pace as an MVP contender. Forget rookie of the year, MVP for CJ Stroud. Yeah, a guy I I know <laughs> put up um, that that tweet, and, and twenty minutes later he said, "Well, well he's just thrown his third interception." <laughs> let's <laughs> calm right. let's calm down for a moment, okay? Um, I think it's it, it can be a valid argument, and you know, and Houston doesn't have to go and win the win the Super Bowl for it, you know, to gain gain validity. I think the same argument mm. that applies to D'Amico Ryan's as coach of the year mm. um, with that team might help Stroud a bit. You know, I think he's locked up rookie of the year now, short yeah, sure. You know, his season being ruined. Um, I don't but think like, ten... it's an MVP decided by the end of the regular season, though. Don't they have votes? It's supposed to be, by... yeah. yeah. It's right. supposed to be, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not sure Tank gets enough credit, enough uh, props right here. He had another huge game. You know, Bigsby or Dell, are we talking about? <laughs> tank, tank Dell. And, um, yeah, not Tank Younger. Um, <laughs> he's, he's been dead longer than I have. Um, but you know he's been he's been great, and the thing that impressed me was how they got the run game going against Arizona. You know they, they really took they really took it to him. Singletary it was it, it surprised me when I heard them say the the stat, but it was his first hundred yard rushing game of his career. Wow, you know, and and yeah that that surprised that surprised me a lot. So they're they're playing great football. I mean mm. you know Arizona's not a great team. Um, mm. They kept Kyler Murray in check, just as I I don't know where I talked about it, but I talked about it before. You know, the game plan is you you try to keep Kyler Murray in the pocket. Mm. You know, you try to make him use most of his energy getting out of the pocket if he can't see anything. But the first thing is he has trouble seeing from the pocket, you know, and so you don't let him beat you with the runs. I think he had good, what, 50 yards or so rushing, but that's not going to kill you. You know, mm. he got one touchdown on a scramble. And um, so, it, yeah, I just, I'm just impressed with D'Amico Ryan's, how he's turned, turned that franchise around, you know, when, and it's not like because they brought in great players because they haven't um, and they've had a great draft, but nobody thought Stroud would be this, you know, would be this successful. And no one was looking at Tank Dell as being that successful. It's mm. because they've coached them well, you know, and they, they're using them to their, to their strength, to their strengths. And, you know, you should get an awful lot of credit. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, man. And I guess there are parallels with what Dayball did with New York last season, where he had an indifferent roster in terms of talent, but they, uh, they stepped up and were punching a, a, above their weight for, for a lot of this season. Things have gone badly wrong this this time around although very important win for them yesterday how important a win was it in the sense that do you think that if the tilt had carried on Dayball might been on the hot seat there um not really um you know and I think they're going to have a question not not with touchdown Tommy DeVito 
<laughs> Why not? Tommy DeVito had a great game. Why not? Unless, unless Tommy, unless Tommy puts a contract out on, on Daniel Jones <laughs> or something. Yeah. But you know, but they're they're going to have to make you know they're they're back in a situation which you know many people thought they would be when they gave Daniel Jones the contract, which mm-hmm. you know wasn't quite as great a contract as people think, and they can get out of it after next year quite e- quite easily. Um, but I mean, the story of this game was basically the turnovers. Um, Washington turned it over six times. And and the Giants didn't. The defense played really well. I mean, I'm I'm giving them credit for the for those turnovers. But Washington had you know time of possession by about ten minutes. They had uh, yards gained by you know by over a hundred. Um, they only committed one penalty the whole game, which is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they 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 were there in a position where they you know they probably could have won that game had they not just kept turning the ball over to the Giants. And the Giants finally got, you know, a couple of big plays, one out of Barkley, uh, which was essential. And, you know, it's impressive. It's impressive stuff. And you play to your opponents. So, um, you know, the person that most affects probably is Ron Rivera. Although Mm -hmm. I keep saying, I, you know, I was, I said, I think it was only last week that, you know, the, the ownership, but I said at the start of the season, I thought the ownership was smart not to try to hire a new coach or it was late um, first off, but secondly, you want to see what you've got, you know, let's get Dan Snyder out of here. Let's see how you and your front office react to what you do and how you coach. And then we'll make a decision right now. Eric Bieniemy has to be a legitimate contender to become an interim head coach. Mm. I think interim as in a mid-season fire and he steps in, or do you yeah. know, like a kind of placeholder? Yeah, I think, like I, I think if I, I think if they're looking at it, well, that's my thing is I I think unless he has a remarkable finish, mm. um, that he would just be a placeholder and they'd be looking for someone younger and and more quote unquote dynamic. Um, so you reckon you Rivera know, just, might go mid-season then? I doubt it, but I, it just seemed to me all of a sudden that you know rather than sort of get rid of the whole coaching staff at the end of the year. You might want to see what Eric Bieniemy has to offer. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um a, as a head coach. Um and it would be a bit a bit cruel, but on the other hand, Ron Rivera's only had a couple of winning seasons in his coaching yeah. career. They've been great ones when he yeah. had them. But you know, um but but that that was the point. You know, Antonio Pierce, um they came close in Miami, to yeah, be yeah. honest. Knowing if he didn't have a, a rookie quarterback uh throwing three interceptions um exactly i know. think pierce is i mean we 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 you know half joked about it because he's such a great character and uh you know we're just drawn he's the kind of guy you just drawn to for so many different reasons and everything he was talking about in his early press presses with the practice squad guys are going to come out with us and be on the sidelines because they're part of the team you're rooting for this guy you're rooting for pierce i think he's got a decent shot of you know if they carry on playing like they are i think he has yeah, I mean, I, they're going to have to win games against the teams that, you know, that they should be, say that, you know, like the Chargers or whatever, you know, and, and a couple, maybe win a couple like Denver, whatever, you know, but I mean, they're going to have to do that, um, not necessarily make the playoffs, but just, but that game to me, they they looked pretty good. And, you know, the O'Connell made what you might call a rookie mistake on the last interception, which was to the end zone, mm. you know, and knowing they had to make a big play, obviously, but Jalen Ramsey knew it better than O'Donnell, O'Connell did, you know, and mm. um, that play, that pass actually could have been intercepted by either guy if if, if, if things things had, had worked out, you know, had worked out differently. Um, but Ramsey but think, landed, landed quite awkwardly, didn't he? It looked like he was yeah. his ribs after that's yeah. an injury. To My favorite on. moment from that game mm. was after Tyreek Hill had scored his touchdown. 
Mm. which was kind of like, you can't catch me, you know, (laughs) through, through the, through the back four of the secondary all lined up, you know, and then Devontae Adams said, I can do that. And so what he does is the guy covering me pushes him over with one, one arm (laughs) and then keeps going, keeps going, you know, then catches the ball and keeps going. So that, that was kind of like one upsmanship. Yeah. 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 What two great receivers going head to head. And uh, I like, I like Tyreek Hill uh, tap dancing his way in the end zone as well. It was a little bit of a, uh, an iron Mike shuffle we might see some of the, your moves at the thanksgiving party at passy on cavity on thursday night mike what do you if reckon? you're if you're lucky yeah, yeah let's get the uh get the karaoke roller like we did all those years ago in new orleans i'm just to keep the raiders running yeah it's a little bit tricky i think uh run dmc yeah. might say they got the chiefs twice uh they got the charges but to your point the charges beat themselves every week so well the, the, and they did a good job of they did a good job of it again i mean um and we've we've hyped up Justin Bear so much <laughs> that we now everyone blames him for everything. But, you know, Keenan Allen had a touchdown drop, which you just do not expect. The ball hits him in the chest and, yeah. bounce, and bounces off. Yeah. Um, Quentin, Johnson, Quentin Johnson had a touchdown drop. The Eckler fumble. Yeah. Um, Parham had a had a. Oh, I had a big drop, didn't he, early on? You're yeah. right. So, I mean, on that, I'm going to get into the Passy Young Cavity mailbag for the first time today. Remember, uh, get your questions in all week long at the NC Show or on Insta, Twitter, or X, Facebook, all the usual usual places at the NC Show. We'll fire them in, and Seb will collate them all and, and put them in the mix, and we'll get through as many as we can. I'm Michael Pick's favorite. If you are picked, selected as the Iron Mike favorite question of the week, you win a £25 tab at Passion Cavities. Uh, what's not you to have love to buy about? Iron Mike a drink with it. You have to spend <laughs> at least 50% of it on Iron Mike's grog. Um, so this is a decent one to kick things off. Uh, Gary Thorpe. Hey, Gary. How long can Staley hang on in LA? So uh, it's interesting for the point that you just touched upon here. How much of Keenan Allen's drop, Eckless fumbles on? on the head coach. I mean, at some point, you've well, got to take responsibility, right? Yeah. I mean, that that's that's always the problem, though, isn't it? Um, and Staley mismanages things so often late, late in games, you know, taking – but but it, it's it's that fine balance. If your team's going to drop every ball near the end zone and you've got a fourth and short and you can take a 25-yard field goal and put three on the board, which he did twice, um, you know, but if you, how can you have confidence in your players if if they're gonna if they're gonna behave like that? And, yeah, um, yeah. What I would worry about was that if they sort of fire Staley and make Kellen Moore the head coach, they're probably in the same situation, uh, which is kind of like why I I think they might not make a move till the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, they might just say, okay, this is just gonna be another Chargerama um, kind of kind kind of year, <laughs> and. Um, uh, now, Mike, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, here are some messages from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll pass you on Kevin. You mail back. Uh, we've got a birthday shout out to give as well. Plenty yeah. more from the week 11 roundup coming your way next here on the NC show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm, you know what, Mike? Well, Ollie is Ollie's going to be stunned that I remember to throw to a break. <laughs> so that's I great. Give ourselves a lot of credit <laughs> for that. The birthday shout out before I forget that as well. Shout out to Paul Murphy. 
uh, listener to the show. Happy birthday, Seb in our social team. Hey, Seb says, uh, give Paul Murphy a birthday shout out uh, for Wednesday on today's podcast. So I think I'm doing the math. It's always difficult when we're slightly groggy on a Monday morning. His birthday's Wednesday. We're giving him a shout out now. I might get, do, do the honors. Happy birthday, Paul. His birthday is on the 60th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination. Oh, or the late, what or happy, what as happy Scott Hansen would say, the late happy. President Kennedy. Oh, it's, that leave Scott alone. He's got a 15-hour broadcaster. Um, what a happy sentiment for Paul's birthday then. Thank you, Anne Mike, for that. Uh, Paul, we really appreciate your, your support. Uh, thank you very much indeed for, for listening to the show, as indeed all of you. We massively appreciate that. And as I say, uh, if you want to get in touch with us uh, on all the social channels, uh, get involved in the Passy Up Mailbag. Uh, at the NC shows how you do it. That is exactly what Paso has done. This is a great question, Mike. If Mike Evans played for a more fashionable team, asked Paso in a big media market, rather, uh, oh, sorry, or have the um, self-promotion of OBJ, would he be a lock for Canton? And is he a Hall of Famer in waiting despite that? That's a, that is a good question. I'm not convinced OBJ is a lock for Canton. In fact, I'd be surprised if, if he were in Canton, you know. Um, but I take the hype point and being that he was in New York when he when he did it, um, you know, when he made made his uh, hype debut, say. Mm. Uh, Mike Evans is a lot like Mike Williams from the Chargers, although I think his stats are better, you know, his consistency is better, but but he's also been a guy who's been injured a lot, had a lot of 100-yard seasons, um, or 100-catch seasons, I should say. The thing is that there's so many receivers now who put up those kind of numbers. It's going to make it much, much more difficult um, to get into Canton, not just among his contemporaries, but also the logjam of people you know, behind him and and all of their supporters, everybody almost in, in the NFL can point to someone from their team in the last 20 years who had a run of thousand yard seasons, which is in a 16 game season is not that great. You know, in a 17 is even less so hundred yard, hundred catch seasons. You know, there's a lot of those guys around. And, you know, I, I think you can, I think Evans has a better case and I didn't look anything up to try to, you know, match him up against the, the potential contenders, but just on the top of my head, I think, the season, the Super Bowl season in Tampa obviously helps. Um, I think he's got a better case than than a lot of guys. But in the end, I'm not sure that 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 people appreciate the skill of a big, tall receiver who gets downfield and makes catches, um, as opposed to the the guys who do it more spectacularly on the run. You know, which is where OBJ would mm. would sort of fit into that argument. Um, you know, I just he, looked up the numbers quickly, Mike, as you sure. you were talking. So at the moment, and this isn't 100 verified in terms of it's right up to date based on yesterday's games, but you'll get the idea that he is in the top 40 all time. Shall we say he's broken 11,000 career yards uh, broken 700 catches and he's just behind a sean jackson uh just ahead of chad johnson that's the kind of level he's at right yeah now. and chad johnson i don't think is going to go to the hall of fame i don't think sean jackson is um i it's a really that's a really interesting comparison you know um i think he's his impact on the game and deshaun's impact on the game are probably very similar, but in very different ways. Mm. And I think Evans has the advantage of of consistency um, over over um, over Deshaun. Uh, so that's a really good it's a really good question. But you know, it's football is so hard with, with cumulative career stats. 
sure. and, and raw yardage and stuff like that. It can be very misleading. It can be. And, and it's a really fair point. And we've seen you know, a number of quarterbacks where, you know, attritionally they've clocked them up because they play for so long and they've been pretty good. And that's the point, isn't it? It's very good versus versus great. But what are the things that come into the reckoning? You mentioned rings and, and I guess it has to, even if though it shouldn't necessarily, right? Rings at successful seasons oh, and oh, I guess oh, instrumental performances yeah. within a, a championship winning team is quite yeah, it's one of, it's one of the reasons i i dislike the the hall of fame system and that you know they have one guy make a case and then they vote yes or no the, the the 50 people on the on the panel and the cases are often very subjective i guess would be the best word and you yeah. come up with lots of things like uh he's the the first guy to uh to have 11,000 yards and catches and average more than 10 points, you know, as if this were some kind of NFL record, you know, and, mm. and you know, we, out of, out of the context, it, it's just, they're just misleading. Um, it's funny. I like the new gridiron magazine is out and I picked all time top to, based on Deion Sanders saying there should be a, a, a top floor of the hall of fame with a gaudier jacket for guys like him <laughs> nice. who, are, who are the greats i kind of picked an all-time an all-time 22 team and and was thinking about that but that sounds like a great read that's the yeah, nice read i'm going to have a look well, at that yeah have a have a look at that and and um i think publicity is a little bit overrated you know we used to always think that new york players and to a lesser extent los angeles players got a big edge because they were always on national TV and they had bigger, bigger followings from bigger cities. Um, people who play on dynastic teams have a big advantage sure. because, because the rub of the whole of the rest of the team helps, helps them out. Um, and statistically speaking, for example, if you play on bad teams and you're a receiver, you might get more yardage than, than a tip, a similar receiver playing on a good team. Sure. Team chasing with games more, and, with yeah. more weapons that's not chasing chasing scores. And Evans was like that for you know for a long part of his yeah. career. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I don't know. Like, how much I mean, do you buy into the? So I, I, I take your point, and it's a really good one about the subjectivity and and I guess inflation of significance of certain stats or certain benchmarks that are met. Where does something like, I know Eli always gets brought up and, you know, is one of the more divisive characters in terms of whether he should be encountered or not. The reason I think Eli deserves serious consideration, if you break it down to average to good career, just like we said a moment ago, stacked up a fair amount of yards, but was never one of the great quarterbacks of his generation based on who was around him. And statistically that kind of is borne out, but it's not just the fact he's got two rings. It was his performance in both of those seasons, and particularly the playoff runs, not even the specifically the Super Bowl, but how instrumental those performances were in, in those run of games that led to championships. That, that's the argument um, for him. I mean, you know, but you can make a similar argument for Jim Plunkett, say, who won two Super Bowls, and nobody's made that argument that he should be in the in the Hall of Fame. So why um, not? Is that because you it's could, Eli, it's Manning, it's New York? Well, it's partly that, yeah, partly all of those things. You know, and the longer he and Peyton do the, pod, the podcast, the <laughs> more votes he's going to get. Oh, sure. Um, I mean, statistically, he's basically a league average quarterback, slightly above, perhaps. He's his stats are well behind Ben Roethlisberger and Philip Rivers, who came mm -hmm. in the league at the same time. Um, interestingly, though, and I've done a great deal of research on this one, so I know. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, his stats get better in the playoffs 
yeah. where ri rivers and Roethlisberger's don't. That's the, that's the uh, which, which is what you expect. But they're still not as good as Rivers and Rogers playoff stats, even though even though they're they're better. And besides those two runs, there's not much. Uh, so the question is, if two runs for Super Bowls make put you in the in the Hall of Fame, what does one run? What does one great run do? Um, or what does what does another run that just falls short do? You know how it, it's kind of like the baseball argument with Roger Maris, two MVPs, the sixty-one home run record um, for the season, you know, beating Babe Ruth's record, which they then stuck an asterisk on, but. You know, nobody says that the record makes him a Hall of Famer. Nobody even says the two MVPs make him a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it's I'm, I'm not convinced by Eli's case, um, you know, but his, he's got teammates in, in good places. Mm -hmm. um, he's got the New York you know, media support, which always keeps it, you know, in, in, in discussion that, which, and we're talking about it now, sure. you know, yeah, yeah. for, for no good reason, apart from <laughs> a nice and interesting yeah. question about Mike Evans. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor, for that question. Appreciate that. Stay with the uh, passing up mailbag here. This is from Tony Torrance. Oh, Hey Tony, I know a long time listener of the show. Uh, and he messaged us last week. He'd had a, a bit of a fall, I think on his bike and uh, banged up his elbow and stuff. So going through the wars in the wars a little bit. So Tony, mm -hmm. hope uh, you're getting better and feeling Feeling better with it all. Uh, good question as well here from Tony. Him and, him and Gino Smith. Him and Gino are in the world. Hey, the Drew Locke, the rare sighting of a Drew Locke uh, quarterback appearance. We love that. Uh, particularly as mine, Ollie's Drew Locks of the week uh, missed once again. <laughs> Ollie, Ollie was uh, lamenting to me on WhatsApp that at the moment, uh, he's being beaten. I think we both might be being beat by chat GPT. <laughs> so we're being beaten by artificial intelligence that uh, only goes up to 2022. <laughs> and Ben as well. Ben started picking on edge rush and Ben's just, I mean, five and oh or something ridiculous. Oh, so, Jesus. Uh, yeah. I, I bet, I bet heavily, I bet heavily on Brandon Staley this week. My best bet of the week um, on my, my other uh, performance was yeah. uh, Seattle and the Rams to go under. Oh, uh, mine was the over. How funny is that? <laughs> It actually was. That was my lock of the week. Oh, God. So we actually I want to give a shout out to Ian Madigan. Ian was out uh, with us in Florida for the FSU trip. Uh, Irish international, of course, hell of a player. Um, has just recently hung him up and he's one of the ambassadors for the uh, for the College Football Island game, uh, which is next summer. We're going to be sending out more information about how you get tickets shortly on that. Great guy. You love him, Mike. And um, uh, Ian and I were talking about... Um, uh, talking about our love of uh, of uh, having a flutter. And he um, said, oh, look, if I've got any strong ideas in, uh, you know, to do with, uh, you know, stuff I'm, I'm looking at, I'll send it to you and, and vice versa. He said, yeah, sure, no problem. I'll send some pics over. So, of course, the first week I send in pics is this week where mine and Ollie's true locks absolutely yeah. collapsed. Uh, <laughs> and the, this is the worst thing. The, the show Acca came in, right? We've been pretty good with our three-team Moneyline Acca. Right. I took the Broncos out and replaced them with Washington. So that was a safer play to give him. But the first week said, Ian, I'm sorry. I apologize. We'll get it right. We must try harder. Right. Sorry. Tony Torrance's question. Hey, Tony. Mike, are the Cowboys the equivalent of the Indian cricket team? Frills, but no dress. So the Cowboys, there's a lot of hype about them. Uh, and of course, it's well, shiny. We we said, yeah, the shiny hood ornament is Jerry's big thing. Um, I noticed Jerry's going to put uh, Jimmy Johnson in the ring of fame in Dallas, um, which, sure. which is long overdue, obviously. Yeah. Um, but um, the Cowboys and, and to a lesser extent, I think the Dolphins, because I think 
the Dolphins may be rounding into to better form, but they're basically teams that can do really well against bad teams and have problems with with better teams, um, which is mostly about when they encounter better defenses. Um, and that's the that's the story of the of the playoffs. That's why when people say offense wins games and defense wins championships, it's kind of it, it's an element of truth there because you know. It, your if your offense has to survive playing against really good defenses and most of the time in the in the playoffs um uh, to get through to get through to the end i mean it's always true unless it isn't so um where are your power i know it's difficult one to ask uh answer this because we're on monday and we haven't seen what happens tonight between the chiefs and the eagles but in the nfc given the 49ers seem back to their best now what your power rankings look like? Is it still Eagles 49ers, then a drop to Cowboys Lions? Or yeah, where's your I head? think so. I think so. I mean, you have to admire the way Detroit came back in that game again against um against Chicago. Um and it was actually a, kind of an even game apart from the interceptions, you know, which and and kind of kind of like what we we're talking about before, but you know, you, you turn the ball over, they their field goal kicker. <laughs> Santos had another good game, you know, mm. and, and uh, that that keeps him in the game. I thought Fields played really well, but and DJ Moore, um, oh, had a game. Was, had a big boy touchdown right at the right at the beginning. But once they got their running game going, Chicago was unable to really control that. Mm. And um, Goff, once he got those interceptions out of his system, you know, made some really good throws coming down. Jamie, if Jamison Williams is back, is in. You know, hundred percent, yeah, shape and stuff. Their offense is going to be really, really difficult. And yeah, they're. I think defensively, Chicago showed that they, they've got some weaknesses. And they had a huge game by Anzalone. Yeah, you know, he had he had like fifteen tackles, and eleven of them were solo tackles. And he defended a couple of passes. And um, so that, but they needed that because their their front wasn't being that effective. Um, there was that weird moment with Braxton Jones where he walked off the field cursing at someone, whether it was the coaches or teammates or the officials, I didn't mm. know, but he was, he was furious. He was taken out, I think. And, mm. um, and on the sideline, they were trying to calm him down and he was going to kill somebody on the sidelines. Um, and I, I don't know what the story behind that was. I didn't, I didn't hear it. I didn't see anything this morning when I yeah. got up, but you know, that was one of a number of games too. That, that was the, the St. Brown brothers bowl. You know, you got the Kelsey, yeah, was, the Kelsey yeah. brothers bowl coming up tomorrow tonight, tonight and yeah. you had you had the Cook brothers bowl with the Jets and and Buffalo. We did. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that 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 kind of stuff's really is really interesting. Um, we must mention. The, uh, oh God, Mike, you were going to dive in. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and just you know, the bill the bills are kind of like we said we said at the beginning, but the bills I, I think are going to have a, a tough run trying to get into the. Um, get into the playoffs because they've got a tough schedule coming up. Um, and the Jets, 155 yards of offense, 0 for 11 on third down. <laughs> mm. I mean, they're gonna, I'm I mean, surprised they let Flacco go. That is, yeah, exactly. Cool. Put the Flacco symbol out, but he's, got, he's too late now, uh, Jets fans. Uh, we should, we mentioned a couple of injuries, or rather there were a couple of injuries that I think we might have touched on at, at the top. We haven't gone into detail. Big shout out to F.A. Abada, of course, the legend that is F.A. Abada, a massive, massive part of the NFL, UK community, a, an inspirational story. Uh, Absolutely. A terrific player, hell of a guy. I've had the, we both worked with him, haven't we? We both worked with F.A. Yeah. As you're working, working with F.A. And he's a, he's a stand-up guy, as well as being a, a terrific player. 
fractured right leg is the is the line right now um we saw those pictures of him being carted off and uh, not, the players yeah. around and <clears throat> not, not pretty good. but not if pretty. anybody can battle back uh from an injury like that it's fa abada so we're wishing him well i'm sure all the nfl uk community uh, from top to bottom is behind him uh get well soon bud and um one of uh, a number of injuries yesterday of course as well in slightly more um promising news in terms of not as bad as it initially looked aaron jones uh, he went down of course but the injury um similarly had to be helped off the field but the reports are that maybe it's not as significant as they first uh suggested uh throughout the week we'll keep you updated on those injuries uh and um and of course dropping where are we greg rosenthal tomorrow uh and then me and propo and ben we're going to record that live from pasiuk so we might even get a double dose of iron mike this week we might drag you onto <laughs> that for a little bit maybe that, you that, can pick our would be fun. you want to pick our DraftKings team this week mike you up for that because we sure. need some help it's for, it's all for a good cause anybody sure. uh, that plays in our league knows that any money we win in our DraftKings league the show that is we uh, it goes to shelter our show charity yeah. not there's been much money this week in the unlikely event yeah <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, yeah i i just like to mention too i thought for last thursday night you know we had a we had a kind of super blandino from adrian hill with 18 penalties for 188 yards but mm-hmm. we had a super super blandino in the seattle rams game <laughs> 21 we, penalties, 212 year, yards. Yeah, <laughs> that's more yards than the Jets gained in I total mean, offense. Talk about the curse of edge rush and Cooper Cup going down, Ken Walker going down. Cup, Cup was injured, yeah. Oh, Gino, yeah. Gino was hurt. Uh, Walker was hurt. It, it, it was tough all around. And, of course, I'm I'm wearing, I don't know if you can see it. Right oh, now, yeah. But this morning I'm wearing my Montreal Alouettes T-shirt. I think there was a question in the mailbag yeah, about, there was. about we, the Grey Cup. Let's find that because, and if you want to see on Mike's Montreal Alouettes shirt, then head on over to YouTube, right? If there isn't a reason to subscribe, that isn't a reason to subscribe to YouTube. I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. Mike. If you want a great CFL quote, one of the reports I read this morning said it was only the second time that the pivot threw three majors in a single game. <laughs> Okay, which means which means the me. quarterback yeah. which means the quarterback threw three touchdowns. Oh, okay, all right. The pivot, the pivot threw three majors. Um, sure. Was Chris Thompson great, the, uh, the reporter? It was a great game. Uh, Montreal. Okay, well, do you want the question? So it's from. Yeah, uh, go ahead. It's from Abyssinia later. Uh, <laughs> always love that handle. Uh, can we get a great cup review after you've covered the NFL this week? Well, there you go. Your wishes yeah. are mine. It was I everything mean, you'd want a championship game to be. Austin Max one-handed catch was unbelievable. It'd be great if you got a few more people into seeing it. So there you go, Mike. The uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, they sold out the big donut, Tim Horton Stadium in Hamilton. Tim Horton was an old hockey player who started a donut chain, which now rules Canada. <laughs> it's, he's probably the second most important person in Canada. Um, but and, that's number one, Edge, the wrestler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Winnipeg were 14 and four. They they were the, they were the uh, 15 and four. They were the favorites. Um, and Montreal had finished in a rush winning their last like seven games and but they had beaten all lesser teams and then they beat toronto who'd only had two losses all season in the eastern final so they were the underdogs by i think it was eight points in the end and they came back and they won 28 24 um it was a back and forth game it had lots of backstory because the montreal coach jason maz was fired by uh, saskatchewan where he was a coordinator and then they dumped the Montreal quarterback, Cody Fajaro, 
um, as well. And then he signed in Montreal and Montreal's quarterback signed in Saskatchewan, Trevor Harris. Mm. And Zach Kalaros, who was the the Winnipeg quarterback, had been at Saskatchewan with Fajardo, who then beat him out and they traded him. And Winnipeg has been to four consecutive Grey Cups. And, mm. and Kalaros is the first quarterback in Canadian history to do that, to, to go to four straight finals. Um, but Fajardo, Fajardo, who comes from Nevada, he basically was a red shirt Colin Kaepernick's last year. Mm. And then Kaepernick started for four years and he started for the next four years at Nevada. And they are the only two people in NCAA history to have a combined 9,000 yards passing plus 3,000 yards rushing. So, so that's the kind of category he was in. He's smaller than Kaepernick. His arm isn't as good, which is why he's been in the CFL. Um, he takes a lot of sacks. But anyway, the game went back and forth. It was it was full of full of good plays. Um, remember, it's a two down game. It's a three down game. So so it's like um, third down is your punting. And it came down to the last minute. Winnipeg had taken the lead, twenty four twenty one. They had a second and 18 after a penalty and Fajardo scrambled for 13 yards, which gave them a third and five. They go, they went for it. They had to go for it. Four down and, territory, three down territory. I'm yeah. Ready. And he hit, he hit Cole Spiker from Wisconsin lacrosse, <laughs> um, which is a city, not a game. Okay. Um, <laughs> and um, for 31 yards on a third and five. Nice. And then he hit um, a Canadian player, Tyson Philpott whose father I remember in the CFL was, was an American import to the CFL. Um, but he hit him on a 19-yard touchdown pass with about 13 seconds left in the game, which gave Montreal the win. But one last shot for Hamilton, and they did a CFL play. You can talk to Jeff Reinbold about that, because when he was a special teams guy, they put this in. They did this a couple of times. I, I can remember, if you're beyond the line of scrimmage, you can kick the ball, and it's a free kick. It's a free kick. I mean, the ball can be recovered by either team. Mm-hmm. So with Jeff, they used to do this kind of pooch kick. They'd throw to a receiver who'd go over the line of scrimmage and then pooch punt. Mm. And the other guys would go and try to catch it, you know, mm-hmm. and keep possession. So what they did was on their one play, they threw to their punter who ran a pass pattern downfield. And then he turned around and lofted this high kick downfield. And up and under, yeah. And up and under for his teammates to run under. The, the CFL game has little elements of rugby that are still yeah, there you know, from, from the days. So it was a great game. It's it's worth watching the highlights. I think you'll be you'll be impressed with it. And um brilliant. Um, there you go. That's you a know, that's a great les, les alouettes sont là, as we say in Montreal. Makes Mike a happy man. Uh and indeed, I'm sure you're all very happy listening to the great man stylings and profilings over the last hour <laughs> or so. If you want to get more than the aforementioned Patreon column, patreon.com forward slash Mike Carlson F. MTE, go and subscribe to that. We'll put a link to it in our show notes. You can find it more easily. And I'll see you Thursday for Thanksgiving, bud. Yep. Uh, and there's a lot to be thankful for. It's my favorite holiday. It has a great raison d'etre. And I'm looking forward to the turkey cheesesteak. <laughs> oh, there's uh, nothing better. There's nothing better. You can't buy class, as Paul Carf once said. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Hopefully, you see some of you down there as well. Like I mentioned, we're recording a pod from there, which will drop depending on how hungover Ollie is at some point on Friday, I'm guessing. Uh, so before that, Greg Rosenthal in the house. We're recording that tomorrow, so it should be dropped Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Keep uh, your eyes peeled for that one. Subscribe to us if you haven't already. And you can easily drop into your podcast yet. A choice pretty easily. I'm Mike McCarthy. Yourself. See you Thursday, bud. Enjoy.
Sports Social Podcast Network.